With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Rock M Radio. I'm Quentin Corpuel. Joining me today is the one, the only Parker Gillum. Parker, I am very glad to see your face because the only reason I would see your face at this hour is if Williams Nuneri was a Missouri Tiger, and he is. Um, this was, this seemed to be an imminent thing for, I think, a few weeks now. But I didn't want to personally guarantee anything. I woke up this morning, I looked in the mirror, and I was going to shave my beard. And then I thought to myself, hmm, you know what? Let's wait one more day. Because I'm, there's not superstitious, a little stitious, superstitious. I'm right here. And I'm glad I made the decision that I did. I want to say thank you. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> of course. Um, so, yeah, Parker, uh, Williams Noneri is a Missouri Tiger. Um, talk to me. Tell me about him. Um, I mean, well, I mean, first and foremost, as a player, um, there's not there's not a lot to dislike about him. You know, I had a piece come out a couple weeks ago about what him and Wingo both committing would, would mean and, you know, just how important it would be for uh, just recruiting the state of Missouri especially. But in terms of what you're getting on the field, he is the next great D-line zoo prospect is what you're really looking at. Um, there's not – He's really progressed well throughout high school. There's not to where the point there's not a ton of weaknesses in his game. He's got great burst for his size. Um, he's played both inside and outside, so he's got some versatility there to when he, he comes to school. Um, so, I mean, he's been productive throughout his time in high school. So, I, I mean, I see him as a day one starter, depending on what the situation looks like that he's walking into, what the D-line room uh, kind of seems to be. But, yeah, I think he is, I mean, obviously the type of prospect that everybody was waiting on. You know, you saw – Oklahoma was very convinced for a period of time that they had him. I think Georgia really thought they had him for a bit. Um, but him sticking here, uh, keeping that border kind of kind of shut on the state of Missouri was was definitely huge, um, you know, off the field and on the field. It's it's very difficult to pull Coles in his game. There isn't really a whole lot he can't do. And this is obviously not um, us promoting him to be the next Aaron Donald. 
or the next Hall of Fame defensive tackle. But when you watch you the tape, it's it's not it's a little mind blowing. Whenever he moves forward, I, I feel pretty com- I felt pretty confident that he was going to win the rep. And all that he usually needed to do was like make one chop or one spin or just do one thing and boom, he'd be in the backfield. Um, how much of that can continue at the next level? I'm not sure, but what he has physically, not a lot of other defensive tackles have. And you mentioned also he can play on the outside too. You yeah. can use him find everyone on the defensive line, which versatility is really the name of the game nowadays in a lot of team sports. The more you can do on the field, on the court, the better. And WN certainly has that. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Darius Robinson sliding deep into that and not being a tackle for a couple of years. It's, it's stuff like that that's invaluable. NFL scouts are going to look at Robinson doing that and be like, you know, this is the type of guy that can play their positions for us, um, you know, depending on him bulking up or cutting. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned some of his film. I think the first thing that when I watched it um, that stood out to me about his film was his first step is high level. He is pretty much winning his first step every single time over off his lineman. You mentioned it's really just taking one move. That's because he's already got them on their back feet by the time he's even having to put a pass or rush move on or anything. So, again, there will be a learning curve coming to the next level, especially in the SEC offensive lineman. It's going to be um, it's going to be difficult for him to adjust, maybe with with the speed that some of these tackles are going to have. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be a glaring issue for him. I still think that natural ability is going to shine through. Um, and yeah, I think I mean great hands. You talked a lot about. I think it's that combination of speed and you know the arsenal of moves that he's kind of developed throughout uh, the past couple of years. That's really seen him blossom kind of into the, the player he is today. So really excited. I mean, again, I think day one starter, um, you know, you hope the hope also is with how the, how the death chart may project is that he has some older guys that are around uh, towards the time. Maybe some of the guys that are younger right now, they're going to take a step up this year Has some guys to guide him uh, in the college game. Cause the only thing you don't want is to throw a five-star like this out there with a bunch of other younger guys, they're just trying to figure it all out and they go through a bunch of bumps. Having an older guy there helps. Um, it won't be Robinson because he'll be gone after this year, but hopefully someone else kind of steps up, maybe Johnny Walker or someone like that and kind of takes him under his wing when he, when he gets on campus. Yeah, I think there's inevitably going to be just a, a little bit of a learning curve, but at the same time, I, I love the fact that there will likely be a lot of veteran leadership in that defensive line room and also the fact that um, I mean, he's, I feel like he's good enough to where he can make an impact the second he steps on the field. Um, do you want to talk about what this means for Mizzou, just the program period? Because um, Josh is asking if this is the biggest recruiting win in program history. Like, I don't know, uh, arguably, but I personally don't really care about where it ranks. Um, I just care about the impact it has right now and moving forward. Yeah. So with a commitment like this, Parker, what kind of impact does this have on our program? Like I this? think I think we'll always, in terms of the biggest recruiting win, I think at least for me personally, I'm always going to consider Luther's commitment because and to be the biggest, just because that kind of started this, that put Mizzou recruiting uh, on the map under Drinkwitz, at least in my eyes. And that's kind of started this belief that Mizzou can start to land these caliber recruits. So I'll put Burton slightly above it. Still a crazy big win. Just, I mean, the teams that they beat out, A, but just, I mean, the player he is. Um, and I wrote about it a little bit, uh, I believe it was last week that was published, but uh, just what this means for the recruiting brand that Missouri now has. You know, you had Bird and Commit, but that was one big-name commitment. The Bamas, Georgias, LSUs, Ohio States of the world are doing that every single season, getting multiple guys like that. It can't just be one blip on the radar for you. This, landing this uh, commitment right here, 
this shows that Mizzou is here to stay. That you know these top power programs, Bama, uh, you know Ohio State, especially in the Midwest, that used to just be able to walk into the state of Missouri, pluck any four or five star they wanted out of St. Louis, Kansas City, you know rural areas. No longer. I think there is a strong brand that's developing. I think the in-state kids are respecting Missouri football. I am younger, but more so than at least I would say for the past, you know, 10 years, at least since Pinkle was there, I think the brand has just the strongest it's been in quite a while. Um, I think they're seeing that. I think we'll see, you know, I'll throw out, be the first person to throw out Ryan Wingo's name. We'll see how he ends up maybe if his commitment changes after uh, what happened today. But regardless, be able to land the top prospect from your home state when he had plenty of other suitors. It sends a message to the rest of the country that Missouri is here on this national level. And I would personally consider them to be a, in, at least in the Midwest, a power in the recruiting world now, um, you know, right up there with some of the others like Oklahoma and Ohio State. Um, but the key is now consistently doing this year in and year out. Can Franklin's keep doing this? Um, you know, so far it seems like he has, but um, we'll have to see with these next couple of classes. So this is the first time since I believe 08 and 09 with Sheldon Richardson and Blaine Gabbert where Mizzou has landed a five-star recruit in two out of three consecutive recruiting classes. Um, obviously, Luther Burton being the one in 2021. Um, I think on a more national level, I think this is good for college football that more of these four or five, especially the five-star players, aren't just going to one of four schools. I personally enjoy when more, more schools, more teams feel like they have a shot at these high level recruits, even just in general, a shot at a national championship. I, that's why I've been expanding. I, that's why I've been pounding for an expanded playoff. Um, but that's a whole nother, nother conversation that uh, I don't really want to get to at the moment. I want to focus on Williams. But um, I just think it's better when recruits aren't just going to Bama, Georgia, and Ohio State. I think that's better for the sport. I think that's better for parity. And I think the, the naysayers um, will be like, well, Mizzou just, they, they bought him. Like, he's, he's going there for NIL. Well, yeah. Every like, other program I, had plenty of NIL, too. So, Like, I, I, I get it. Like, I understand it. A lot of these guys want to go somewhere where they, they feel they, they want to go where they think opportunity will be maximized. Um, and Mizzou has established themselves as one of those programs, obviously, like you said, not maybe not on the level of the top teams in college football, but it's definitely a place where you can get your brand out there, whether it be from an NIL point of view or even just trying out auditioning for professional football kind of point of view. And um, so I totally understand if that is in fact the case. Um, and I think people who are putting that down um, I, I, I disagree with them. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it comes to the point now, the next step is, is developing. You've seen a lot of coaches that can recruit at a high level, but aren't developing uh, these guys. I think the the first one that will come to my mind, having grown up in a Tennessee household was Butch Jones. He recruited like nobody else got four and five stars, but he never could put it together on the field. Uh, I think a big thing we're going to see is in Luther Burden's second season, does he end up taking that step forward that you expect? And that would be a positive sign for these, this next crop of, of highly touted recruits coming in but yeah i mean i definitely agree i think it creates more more parity in the sport it you know creates more potential you know uh just dominant forces to compete with some of those those other big teams i, 
I mean, I've seen a lot of people jokingly saying Mizzou 2026 national champions, you know, on Twitter and stuff like that since uh, when Arian ended up committing, which we're not going to throw anything like that out there yet, but it's a great sign. Um, so I do agree. And I think the NIL point, I think, you know, Missouri's playing the same game that everybody else is. I mean, I don't think there was any, I would highly doubt there was anything financial that really pulled him to Mizzou over these other schools outside of this being an extra benefit. Yeah, and there was another one where there was another argument where it's like, well, he's going there because he probably thinks that he's going to get playing time. It, yeah, like look at um, Lamar Jackson, for example. Was Louisville the best team that recruited him? No, they weren't. He got offers from Oregon and Ohio State and Florida State and Clemson and teams that at the time – were in a lot better shape than Louisville. But a big reason why he ended up going to Louisville was because he knew that he would start on day one and that he could make the biggest name for himself there and not at a bigger program. Um, and I don't want to make that sound like a shot at Mizzou, but at the same time, like, again, you're looking for opportunity. Yeah. And I think so it I is also – it's also a lot of these high school kids are looking, you know, another big thing is, you know, what program is going to do the best at putting me to the next level in the NFL. Um, you know, for a long period of time, obviously, Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, they were just churning out NFL draft days, top three rounds. So obviously, why are most kids not going there? Even if you have to wait till junior senior year to play, you're going to end up getting that NFL contract. Mizzou's now proven, and our defensive line is a little bit different. Mizzou's had defensive line prospects, you know, for the past 10 plus years that have been getting drafted kind of like that. But especially last year, you saw McGuire get drafted, DJ Coleman landed with the Jaguars. You saw two recent prospects uh, under Jacobs' tenure that just landed in the NFL. I think that has to play a factor as well. Um, and just, I, I would imagine just the, the pedigree of the defensive line uh, at Mizzou as well. I think that reputation does does precede them. I think that's why they've landed a lot of defensive line recruits that they have in the past, so just because what, for whatever it may be, I mean, a lot of credits to go to coaches, players, you know, with leg farming, et cetera, whatever it may be, Columbia, Missouri breeds elite defensive linemen. Um, when Ari is going to be the next, I would be, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find someone that says he won't kind of kind of follow suit in that uh, in that uh, trend. So I'll, I'll throw it back at you then. Actually, I'm interested to see early outlook, kind of. How do you think he fits in as a Tiger? What do you think his career could end up being? Um, you know, maybe give give the ceiling. Well, I like to think of myself as a reasonable man. So I'm not going to set expectations too high. I feel like whenever I set expectations too high for anything, I, I, I'm usually disappointed. So I, I'm not going to look to the sky on this one. I, that isn't me. Like I acknowledge that that's a possibility, but I don't want that to necessarily become the expectation, even though it probably will be somewhere close to that in reality. Um, I'm just so excited because you could use him anywhere. Like if the coaching staff finds that, oh, what if you use him at, like, I don't know, why don't we screw around and put him on the edge? See, see what happens. Um, why don't we put him into the three technique? Like, see what happens uh, with his hand on the ground instead of being a stand-up pass rusher. Like, I, that's all a possibility. There's not one position where I'm like, okay, he has to play this. Or I think he is going to be the best in this position. It's not even going to be close. Um, it, it, it's just so exciting, you know? Like, at least for me, I just, I personally haven't been around Mizzou a whole lot since I got to the school last year. Like, I grew up in Maryland, and I was raised a Miami Hurricanes fan because that's where my parents met. So I, not only did I 
not support Mizzou, like not support Mizzou. I wasn't paying attention to Mizzou athletics growing up. I wasn't even in the area where people were talking about it. Like, I feel like I know a little bit about Maryland athletics, like Georgetown basketball, just from hearing people talking about it around me. Um, and so this, I, I, I quickly came to understand when I got to Mizzou that this is, <laughs> this kind of stuff is not normal. Um, and when it comes around, it's very exciting and I feel it. And it's easy to set very unreasonable expectations. You look at the past five-star recruits and most of them made pretty good <laughs> careers out of themselves, uh, at the very least in Columbia. Um, some better than others in the NFL, but at the very least, were very, very good in college. Um, I could totally see Nwaneri becoming like a, a at the level of Sheldon Richardson in terms of where Mizzou fans think about him on like an all-time list, for example. I think he could definitely have that kind of an impact on the game. The possibilities are like the sky is truly the limit. I'm not sure if there is a limit, um, but... I think there's a real chance for a real game changer on the defensive line. Yeah. And I will go ahead and say for as, for as excited as we all are, as for as excited as every Mizzou fan is, for as excited as Elijah Drinkwitz is, nobody is happier currently than Blake Baker, the defense coordinator of the Missouri Tigers, because he just got the greatest early Christmas gift you could ever get. Um, he, because I know, A, he's the type of guy that, he said it himself before, and he, you've seen it kind of with Hopper and some other guys these past couple of years. When he gets a talent like that, he lets them play to their strengths, puts them in any position that they need. He'll he'll draw packages for an area to where he can um, just be put in the best position to pass rush, uh, you know, run stuff, etc. I think we'll see a lot of um, you know design stuff that really puts him in, in good spots, uh, at least early on in his career as he's kind of adjusting, but. I know that, yeah, Blake Baker is going to be, he is probably celebrating the hardest right now. Um, he just got, we were, we were at practice earlier today and he got a, a tip drill interception as well during the practice. So he's, he's having a really good day overall, I would say, but uh, yeah, he's got to be the happiest out of anybody. Uh, my personal favorite um, schemes, both in football and like I follow basketball too, are ones that don't log jam players into certain systems. And if they don't fit, oops, too bad. Oh, well, I like the ones that are melded around the personnel they are given. That's why I'm excited about Mizzou's offense, because Kirby Moore, it like he said in his introductory press conference, I want to tailor my offense to the players that I have. Um, and Blake Baker, I think, has shown he can do the same on defense. And we're getting all excited about all of these places that WN can play on the defensive line. I think you're totally right in that he will be put in the spot where he is going to have the highest probability of succeeding. So that gets me super, super excited. I'm trying to think what else there is to break down. Uh, anything else well, I was thinking about? Someone did mention, well, there's one saying confidence level of commits sticking through signing day, which oh, that's, a, that's a question that's you have to throw really out there. Sound, that's but a really strong comment. Can't you just let us enjoy? <laughs> Please, I mean, at this point, I mean, at this point, if I'm throwing numbers at a wall, I'll say out of ten, I'm I'm fairly a seven, eight, nine. I'm fairly confident he's going to stick through with it. Um, and the other thing someone did bring up, and I touched on a little bit, was how this might affect Wingo's recruitment and also just the entire class of 2024, because I I mentioned in that piece. Um, but I think that every class of 2024 prospect, it, 
uh, Winnery commits today, but if Wingo also commits, no matter who they're committed to or who they're looking at, they're taking a second look at Missouri immediately because they've now pulled in two of the top players uh, at their respective positions in this upcoming class. I think in terms of the whole class, this is going to uh, do a lot. And you've seen a lot of already current members of the, of the class um, that have been recruiting really hard uh, as well. And this is only going to help with that. So I think it will help the Wingo recruitment. I, I do still think he's he's going to make his own he's going to make his own pick i don't think this is the type of thing that's going to really push him over the edge but i would also imagine that yeah four and five star recruits they want to join other four and five star recruits at the schools they're going to they never want to be just the only one um because then they're they're just not surrounded by the, the appropriate talent level for them so um i do think i think it makes wingo more likely to commit but i will not say anything past that because i still think that is a a tough race good for you man good self-control i'm proud of you um, I think it's, that's just human nature to see a lot of people in one place that you respect and somewhere where you think you will be happy. Um, and Mizzou has, certainly has a lot more of that now that they have the, well, according to a couple of sites, the number one player in the class of 2024. Um, so I, I, I just think that it can't not help. That's the, that's the most that'll say. I think that it can't not help um, with the recruitment like of a, of a guy like Wingo. Um, so, <sighs> hmm. Is that all? Why am I like, my nerves and my heart finally kind of like stopped these past five minutes. I actually, <laughs> what'd you want? It reminded me of the burden commitment. I mean, really watching that live, I was just as kind of invested in that, I guess. I don't know. Just, Who it, gets just the okay. names they were choosing against. The, okay. So, um, oh. This person asks who gets their name mispronounced more next year, Nornary. I think it's Nornary because phonetically saying N and W back to back is is difficult. Um, I remember trying yeah. to pronounce uh, David Nawaba. Nawaba is a little easier um, because the way his name is spelled is it's just a little easier to to say. Nornary's got two N's in the span of N W N W A. And yeah, he's got two ends in the span of, of four letters, which is hard with a W sandwiched in between there. Um, that's definitely going to be a tongue twister. I've already goofed it a few times. So I, I think probably that one. Yeah, I feel like I, more often than not, the people that uh, mispronounce or misspelled Drinkwitz's name, they, sometimes I just do it on purpose, to be honest. I don't think yeah, it's always right. Like me personally, I think Drinkwitz is not that hard. Um, I remember at again, first, I just kept, I kept thinking Elijah, not Elijah, and I had to get over that pretty quickly. Well, there's a difference between mispronouncing something and then misremembering someone's exactly. name. Um, what do you think of the hat? Oh yeah, what was uh Well, remind me what it was again. I know it wasn't the, wasn't the Circle Tiger. It was. They bought it in the. I've seen it in the MU bookstore. It was. It was. Oh, it was the white hat with the gold MU, and then I think there was a Tigers underneath it. Um, me personally, like I, <laughs> I thought it was, it's really funny when guys do commitments, they like put a lot of time and effort into it. Did you see the one, the UCLA commit who spoofed the LeBron commercial? Yes. That was amazing. I thought that that was really well done. Um, not that that should be the expectation, but I like guys, I like when guys go the extra mile to reveal yeah. where they're going to college. And there's a, there's a good middle ground. You know, I feel like you can't, you can't do too much and put on just a whole production because then it does come off a little full of yourself, but I do think funny stuff like that, that a, and you're also enjoying that trying to get your name out there and get people to know you. And you certainly accomplished that. So yeah, you can't blame them, but, but yeah, I think there's, there's a middle ground you got to work with there. Yeah. 
it's like a, it's like an announcing an NFL draft pick. Like when someone goes up on stage, all people want to know is who's getting picked. And like, th- this is obviously excluding you obviously want to thank the people that helped get you there. I will never, I'll never, I will never mind that. That will always be okay with me. Um, but another, I think I another that, thing I wanted to throw out there. What's up? Topic of conversation. What a potential NIL deals for when, and I forgot for when he's on campus during his time here. I'm trying, I'm trying to think he could get like, definitely he's got to get a food sponsorship of some kind. For so sure. they already have, you already have frozen, you already have frozen pizza, Emo's yeah, pizza. Chips. What, what chips. there's wood fired pizza. I'm trying to think of pizza, like types of pizza that haven't been hit yet. You have, Wood fired pizza. Um, we're not in Chicago. I'm not going to count deep dish pizza. Yeah, you um, go thin crust, but he's but that's the like that wouldn't really make sense for a defensive lineman. Yeah, you need like you need a meat lovers pizza for that, but they've already got that handled. Uh, the, they've already got that handled. Like, what other kind of like people don't really like universally like like white? I'm thinking about like white pizzas. That's no, that's a very niche. Why pizza. are you so locked on pizza? Why do you only want it to be pizza? Well, um, well, okay. What, well, what, what else? What else are you thinking? I'm thinking burgers. I think that could be a perfect. A perfect does, does would do you think Booches would allow an NIL deal? I don't know if they've done one before, but that would be highly successful if they did. So I think that'd be a fabulous idea. The um, burgers are also very good, so I would be yeah, okay with that. That'd be a great partnership. No, I think that'd be really good. Um, yeah, I wonder. I mean, I bet he'll still he'll do a lot with Kansas City, at least some area. I bet as well. Um, yeah just having knowing some people from that area and kind of just his reputation there and stuff. I think I could see that uh, also, but yeah, inter- interested to see the stuff that just comes out from NIL. Cause you see every year you see some new, even on this campus, we've seen something new every year from these guys. I mean, Luther Burden himself has something new pretty much every half year, which is just hilarious to see all the time. And, you know, it's go for him. It's awesome. I think it, and if you really look into it, there's a lot of great stories that have been coming out. Darius Robinson hosted his, um, his event, uh, I believe it was yes, two days ago. Um, I was the back to school uh, backpack drive, and that was really awesome to see too. So, hopefully, yeah, some good things like that down the pipe. That 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 made me very happy. Um, Darius mm-hmm. is a very nice guy, and um, that was very wholesome. And there, there's not a whole lot to not like about that. Um, now I do. I usually try to block out the haters, especially during live streams like this, especially the comments. Um, our buddy Josh Teshka, Booch is mid as hell, by the way. Um, now here's my thing with food and drink opinions. I think they're kind of silly because everybody's palate is a little bit different. So what somebody might like, someone might not like, and that's okay. It's completely dependent on person. However, in this case, I think Bush is, is if you're, are we talking about food? Josh, could you respond to the comments? If, are we talking about solely food? Or are we talking about the entire experience as a whole? Because if it's the entire experience as a whole, I feel like it might be one of those situations, at least from like bad reviews of places that are generally considered pretty good. It's just like one bad experience that kind of taints your opinion of of one place. Because I've been to Booches a handful of times and I've enjoyed myself each and every time. I have had better, I have had, there are burgers that are better, but Booches I think is still very good. Yeah, it's probably the same same type of group of people that believe Shakespeare is the best pizza in Colombia. It's that whole that whole just nostalgia crowd. I don't know, but yeah, Shakespeare definitely isn't. But I would say Booch's is best burger in Colombia. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd yeah, say I think that would be a good idea. And also, I think um, 
with what we've seen in the past. I think a car dealership, that's probably the other more common one. Um, when Aerie doesn't have like a, a pun in his name, you see like, yeah. Yeah, with the, like the coldest Crawford signing with an air condition, like a heating and air conditioning company. Um, make anything out of ordinary. I'm wondering, do you think he's going to have the same, like the same level of attention from NIL and also just community when he arrives on campus as Burden did, or do you think it's going to be more or less different? Because um, you're also, you're talking St. Louis versus a KC crowd, maybe in that sense, but I do at the end of the day, just think that Burden, A, because his commitment happened first and was the first kind of breakthrough commitment in a while. He just kind of who he is as a person um, and just kind of how public personality is. That's kind of why it led to that. I'm curious to see with Williams because I think with Burden, I think the argument that Burden's was bigger is because just Mizzou hadn't gotten an awesome recruit in such a long time. Mm -hmm. And he was the first one. And he was also a skill position player from in-state. Like he had all the makings of a, technically a hometown hero, but he had all the makings of somebody that like people here could really get behind like a truly like awesome superstar player. Um, and I think with Nuaneri, just because Burden did last year, I think that will naturally lessen the hype this year. Um, but I still think it'll it'll be pretty big because this at is just something day, that people have been getting very excited about for a very long time. Yeah, and at the end of the day, there's no judgments that will make any sense until both of them are finished fully with their careers. Uh, at, at Mizzou and we'll have to judge kind of after that because I mean Burden still got plenty to go and Maneri still has probably not four years probably three years but we'll see maybe it's four years but he's he's not a guy I can see leaving early as well just just with kind of his raw skill set well Parker I think we have spoken all there has been to speak about Williams and Maneri the newest gonna, member at Williams. least uh, I'm sorry so we're not going to rant about booches anymore, man. I'm really looking forward to another half hour. Well, I will. I'll, I'll stand up for it. I'll defend it. I think it well, is. Pretty we'll good. have to talk. We'll talk to Josh after. In, in well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a discussion. We need to set some things straight. But uh, Parker, I appreciate you joining me. This has been a, another live, a, a special edition of Rock M Radio. Mizzou fans, today was a Celebrate. W. Celebrate. Huge tonight. W. Huge W. All right. Thank you, Parker, for joining me. You all have a wonderful rest of your Monday. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more just like it beamed directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has uh, coverage of all other teams, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, uh, NFL, whatever you want uh, to listen and, and read about. It is a great, great network full of really fantastic podcasts. So look them up and subscribe uh, to any and all of those podcasts. Uh, Rock M Radio will be back with more episodes coming soon. Thanks.